Are you happy with your antiperspirant? And if you're already using a natural deodorant, are you happy with it? Rain Organica is now accepting pre-orders for our Sands Vegan All-Natural Deodorant. What makes Sands different from all the other deodorants out there? Well, it doesn't use baking soda and it doesn't use magnesium hydroxide. Oftentimes companies rely on these products or excuse me, on these ingredients for as part of the way that the deodorant protects you from odors. Both baking soda and those hydroxide ingredients raise the pH under your arms. And the problem is that for those of us who are extremely sensitive, we can't tolerate either those hydroxide ingredients or the baking soda ingredients. And that's where SANS comes in. SANS doesn't use any ingredients that alter the pH under your arm. Instead, it relies on three techniques to protect you from odors. And those are using wetness absorbing ingredients such as organic arrowroot powder and organic tapioca starch. Also using antimicrobial botanical oils. Rain Organica likes to avoid coconut oil just for anybody out there with coconut allergies. So instead you'll find argan oil and olive oil. Of course, both of those are organic. They're also naturally antimicrobial. And the third way that SANS helps, helps keep those odors at bay is by using essential oils. And for the deodorant especially, you'll find blends of antimicrobial essential oils. Right now, you can pick up lavender, and this is made with organic Bulgarian lavender, a very true-to-smell lavender. Oftentimes, lavender essential oils can be a bit medicinal, and this one is not. It's It sways much more towards that pure lavender smell. And the second option is a seasonal dirty chai essential oil blend with organic coriander, cypress, litsi cubeba, and capaiba balsam to impart the antimicrobial properties into this essential oil blend. And of course, with it being dirty chai, sweet marjoram, cardamom, and coffee absolute add the final touches to this robust blend. Pre-order your Sands Vegan Deodorant today over at rainorganica.com. Pre-orders are accepted through October 13th and will begin shipping October 20th. And now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to The Alchemy of Things, a podcast diving deep into topics like skincare, holistic living, and the energy that connects us all. I'm your host, Brandi Searcy, founder and formulator of Rain Organica, where you'll find skincare you can take with you anywhere. 
Today, I'm excited to welcome Crystal Vokaitis to the show. Crystal has a couple of different businesses of her own. So she runs Crystal Media and also Crystal and Court. And I discovered her through her podcast, Crystal and Court. Welcome to the show today, Crystal. Thank you, Brandy. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I discovered your podcast just by accident and have been really, it's my new favorite addiction in the world of podcasts right now. Oh, I love hearing that. <laughs> Today, so you have so much information on your show. Yes, you speak to retailers, you speak to business owners and entrepreneurs. However, there are so many nuggets in your podcast that work for anybody and everybody. And um, a few of those, and the ones that I thought maybe most pertinent are your time management ideas and perspectives on just way we can ways we can manage our time better to give ourselves more time to do the things that we love. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am so happy to to share some of those tips because we do live in this crazy instant gratification world where we feel like we have to keep up and constantly do a million things that are on our to-do list. And we've taken on a lot and it can be really hard to feel like we're getting things done or be working on the right things. So I'm, and I, I feel like I'm still guilty of this. Like this is an ever learning uh, world of time management. You sometimes can fall back into old habits, but um, I'm happy to share some, some tips with your audience today. Yes. So a couple of, well, in a few of your show ep episodes, so you talked about procrastination in particular, and not to really start there, but tied up in that procrastination episode were so many tips on just how we lose time throughout the day, like find these time sinks and all of a sudden we have no time to get what we need to get done done. Um, would you share what, what you learned through that book you read? Yeah, totally. I mean, I started realizing that I was not being very efficient with my time and I knew I could be better with it. And I wanted, I needed more free time. Like I, my soul was craving free time and I was going through a coaching program called strategic coach. And one of the first things that they teach you is to create buffer days, focus days and free days. And your focus days are all about you know, the things that I need to get done that like, it might be one priority. It might be a big project. It might be just one specific thing that's happening personally or professionally. That is really important to you, or it might be three, but it's head down. All I'm doing today on my focus day is this priority. Your buffer day is helping you prepare for the focus day. So like if you need some meetings before your focus day, if you need to do some research ahead of time to help you out, you're doing that in your buffer day. But then buffer days are also for other meetings, appointments, admin work, like all that stuff that you gotta do in your life. So we have those structured and then we have our free days. And as I was sitting in this meeting, the, the instructor is an entrepreneur and he shared that he had over 300 
free days a year. And I'm like, all right, uh, that's what I want. <laughs> I want 300 free days. And let me say free days are like no work. You're not listening to business podcasts. You're not reading business books. You're not checking your email. You're not, you know, strategizing and journaling about your business. Like you're checked out. And he shared, you know, he didn't get to that point, you know, overnight, it really took a while to get there, but it, a big part of it is all about getting help, employing your teams to help you out, creating systems and strategies that saves time. So you have that structure and also just awareness. What I think is really important is the awareness of taking a free day and awareness of how long has it been since you had just a day to yourself that you were able to really like check out, not worry about work, not worry about sales, all that stuff. And just really be like in the moment with your family or just by yourself or with friends or whatever that looks like. And, um, I think that we just don't even consider that. And it like, we won't give that self to, we won't give that to ourselves sometimes, because I think the story can sometimes be, well, how, how can I do that? I'm a mom. I, I have all, I have children. I have to take care of. I have a full-time job. I'm a business owner. And there's all these reasons why we can't do it. But what I started realizing is when I did get my team's help more, they were happy to help. You know, it was just a matter of asking for help. When we started looking at ways that we could be a little bit more structured with time and save time, it was like, oh, wow, we just freed up a couple hours a day now. Like now there's a little bit more space in the day. And then when I took like a full free day, I rested and was able to bring more to that next day. And it's funny because I talked about this on a podcast I recorded yesterday on Wednesday, a couple of days ago, we were supposed to film this and I emailed you and was like, I am just, ha- I have this terrible headache. Like I need to take a nap. Like I, my body was like, you need to rest. And so I canceled another meeting too. took the nap, listened to my body and And I was feeling really guilty because I was like, I have all this stuff I should be doing, but it's like, I need rest. And on Thursday, I kicked ass on my to-do list. Like I did more than what was on my to-do list because I rested. I took that time. And that's, what's amazing. There's a great book called willpower doesn't exist. And it's all about setting up your environment for success. And he talks about how you can go hard working. You can go hard a couple of days, 10, 11, 12 hour days, but you have to have a break to rest. Otherwise you're going to burn out. You're going to crash, or you're not going to bring your best self to your business and your life. So that's been one of the key things for me is really making sure that I schedule the focus days, the buffer days, the free days, and I'm getting even more clear. I'm getting very clear with my team. They have my schedule of like, here are the days that I'll take meetings. Here are the days that I create content. So you can schedule me in because on these days I'm off like, and, and they know that. And I have to, there's an element where you kind of feel guilty, you know, for taking that time. And I think that's something at least I do. And I've heard from other people too, 
but I think with practice, I will feel less guilty. And the more you see how much you can bring to the table the next day, you all of a sudden give yourself a little bit more space and grace in those moments. Right. And this is something I've discovered myself with if I, if I actually take a break and step away, I come back and I'm so much more productive. And it's just, it's amazing. Cause I think so often we just, we think we have to be busy all the time to get stuff done. And right. it's just, it's counterintuitive that wait a minute, if you actually step away from it and come back, you can be way more productive. Yeah. Yeah. Busy work doesn't mean we're productive. Like some people feel like, okay, I did a lot today, but when, if you really sit down and look at it, like, did you achieve what you needed to do? And, or did you just create a bunch more work for yourself? Because like some people do like the work, they like the busy, but if it's not working towards your goal of whatever that is that you're wanting to achieve, you will burn out. Like it's just not sustainable. And so we have to be more strategic with our time and make sure that we're really working on, um, you know, there's this, this older YouTube video of this professor who has a big glass jar, like vase on the table. And he asks a student to fill the glass jar with all these rocks. So there's big rocks and there's small rocks and they all need to fit in the jar. And so, um, as, as she's going in to put stuff in it, becomes like impossible for everything to fit. And that's because she started with the sand. She started with the small little rocks and then started adding the big ones. But that's, and his whole thing was like, yeah, you're never going to be able to add all the rocks into the jar. If that's, if you start with the small stuff, if you look at our time management, if we work on the small stuff first, we don't have the energy and time to, to tackle the big stuff. You know, our mental energy per day is limited. We only have a certain amount of mental energy. And once you cap that, you're not going to be able to make decisions as well or at all. And you're just really tired. So we have to really start. What are the rocks? What are the important rocks that I need to achieve? And let's go there first. And then we can tackle the sand and the smaller rocks later. Yes. Absolutely agree with you hundred percent. Got whiplash over here agreeing so much. Yeah. And, but kind of before we leave this, because I, I feel like this is just really important to include in this, in this piece of the conversation, you have a way you've read about a way to break your procrastination habit. Yes which I knew you were going to ask me and it's from Mel Robbins. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally drawing a blank on what Mel Robbins says. Um, cause I totally stole it from her. It's uh, oh, I know what it is. It's the five second rule. Um, so how you Mel Robbins, awesome author, speaker, highly recommend checking her out. Um, you know, she talks about the five second rule where if we count down, from five seconds and we just do it because what ends up happening is we get so caught up in, there's actually pleasure that we get from procrastinating. And so we train our brain that, oh, this can wait for tomorrow. And so we feel like, ah, relief. I have more time now, but that actually doesn't happen because it still has to get done. So if we just instead count down from five, four, 
three, two, one, and just act, just do it. Don't think, right. You just start working on the project, head down, start doing, then that's how we're getting over that initial, that pleasure of getting, you know, pushing it to the side and really attacking the item in front of us. And what ends up happening is once we get started on something, we build momentum. The hardest part is getting started. It's always the hardest part. And that's what pushes us into that procrastination. So, um, I do feel like she had another tip in there that I, uh, am I forgetting what I said on my own podcast, Brandy? (laughs) Well, to be honest, it's been about two weeks since I listened to that episode and that is not one I've gone back and re-listened to yet. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I don't remember so well either. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, good. I remember but I do five know the five. Yeah. Yes. I do know the five seconds. And I feel like I, I mentioned some data that she had in there about procrastination, which I'm, I'm drawing a blank on specific numbers. Um, but it, the five second rule for sure. And I've done that a lot more lately. I realize I'm somebody who thinks a lot and I like, think about my thinking. It's too much thinking. It's like, <laughs> stop thinking and move into action, just start doing. And I have to tell you every single time when I start thinking this project's going to be so hard, it's going to be so much work. Oh my gosh, I'm dreading it. When I just jump in and do it, I'm like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. I made it out alive. And now I, maybe I even have more time to do something else. You know, it's like, that was so silly of me to really build that up, but we all do it because we get pleasure from procrastinating. Speaking of jumping in with both feet, you started your business in your, I mean, you, well, you're young still straight up. You've had a business for what, eight, nine years now. I mean, you started in your twenties still with, with a business. How does that, what's your secret to confidence on all of this? And I mean, you started with like people working for you. Well, you know, I, I didn't start right away. Like feeling really confident and going out there and taking over the world and and hiring people. I'll tell you, I started my first business when I was 23. This is actually my second business I started. First one was when I was 23. And it's a kind of funny story. Looking back, I was watching Oprah in my apartment and Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos at the time, uh, was her guest. And he's talking about business and he's in his thirties, built this amazing company, Zappos, And, um, I just felt so drawn, like, like, um, I actually felt like I was missing time. Oh my gosh, I'm 23 and I haven't started a business yet. Like that was my mindset. Now looking back, I'm 36 today and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so silly. Like there's so much time to create a business. You could do this any, you could be 80 and create a new business. It doesn't matter. Um, but that was where I was at. So I then started a business a couple of weeks later, I quit my job and started. And I think in that, for that first business, there was a lot of just being naive and young and taking risks. And that allowed me to just kind of put myself out there. But that is the thing I had to put myself out there. And so that takes confidence and I didn't have that right away. So I had to start going to networking events to tell people about my new business and try to get clients. And I would walk into these rooms feeling really terrified because I didn't know anybody. I was younger 
So I was like, is anybody going to take me serious? And some people didn't, I will tell you, like, there were a few cases where, um, one specifically, I'll never forget these two men. I was networking and I just introduced myself. What do you guys do? Okay, great meeting you. And I could tell they were like, uh, okay, we need to move on. So we kind of turned great. Nice meeting you turned around and they thought we had walked away, but they were, we were still right behind them. I was with my friend at the time or she, and she was my intern actually. And, um, they started talking badly about who does she think she is. And in this room, like, I mean, seriously, wait 20 years, like made this kind of rude comment about my age being at this networking event. It was like a chamber event or something like, of course people are here networking. So, um, that frustrated me. It didn't like kick me down. It made me be like, no, I'm going I'm supposed to be here. You know, I almost kind of felt bad for them thinking that because it could be any age, but I, it took a lot of, it took a lot of, um, courage, I guess, in, in going into these rooms, not knowing anybody Two specific things helped me. Um, one, I heard a speaker early in my career say, fake it till you make it. And I held on to those words. So when I would walk into a room, I'm like, just smile, smile, pretend, you know, everybody pretend that everybody is excited that you're here. You're excited to be here. And we can't wait to just meet all these people. Like instead of feeling so terrified, just like fake it, show up. And so I did. And I physically like embodied that stand up straight, smile, make eye contact, shake people's hands. And that really helped me get to a place where I started to feel more comfortable and confident because I was doing it more. Right. And I almost just kind of trained myself. Another thing was just talking to other people and making it about them versus it being about me. So I would introduce myself and often at these networking things, people are like, machine gun you about their business. And they're like, let me tell you all about my business and you should work with me. And really it's about relationships, right? So you want to get to know people and ask questions. And, um, so that's why I did. I genuinely was like, I really want to get to know these people. So I would ask more questions about their business. And I'm just a very curious person. What ended up happening is they started to kind of trust me because I was naturally interested in their business. So then the next meeting I went to, they're like, Hey, Crystal, like I start making some friends and some connections and that kind of helps build that confidence too. And then all of a sudden I'm speaking at one of these events and I am nervous, but I'm so excited. And then there's a whole new element of I'm speaking and you, you want to be confident for something like that in front of a audience and on stage. And, you know, I'm a paid speaker. I've traveled all over the world speaking and I still get nervous. And one thing that just kind of helps me find that confidence and get kind of back to, you know, me is thinking about the audience. Like if I can just help one person in this room, I've done my job versus what are they going to think about me? What are they thinking about how I'm wearing? What if I say something wrong? What if I miss the point? Do they think that I'm knowledgeable enough? Like all the head trash that we have that cycles through is powerful sometimes. And I have learned to take that and move it into give love to these people, add value, 
um, just really try to teach and help somebody and know that I can't help everybody in this room. Maybe I will, but most likely not, but just know that one person means something. And then that has also really helped me get rid of those nerves and find that confidence. So it's been a, a blend of a few things for me. And then also just practice. Like I have spoke on stage. I don't even know how many times I, there's a good chance I've done over a thousand webinars. Like that's a lot of hours of just, you know, constantly doing this, that you, you find that it, you know, it just kind of becomes your second language. So there is an element of just, you grow confidence through practice and doing too. And I love what you said in that about how you're, you're really shifting the focus onto your audience instead of onto you. And I feel like that takes it, I mean, it takes so much practice because often, and especially in the moment, because so often we're so, you know, we're so aware of ourselves. So it just, it feels, it feels kind of big to be able to take our hyper-awareness, our in, internal hyper-awareness and, and reflect that outwards instead. Totally. Well, and I, I was working with a business coach once and I landed my biggest speaking gig to date at that point. I was being paid five figures. It was a well-known brand that like my parents were proud of. And I'm like talking to this coach saying, I just landed my biggest speaking gig. And he's like, okay, well, um, what makes it your biggest? And I was like, well, they're paying me the most I've ever made. You know, it's a bigger brand. He's like, well, but what, why does the money make it your biggest? And so we started like working our way through that. And he said, you know, you could have an audience of five people at a networking event. Let's say you're just talking to a group of people for free. You're not getting paid anything and you change someone's life forever. Wouldn't that, couldn't that be your biggest speaking gig? Like, what if we reframe what big looks like, what success looks like? And that completely changed my speaking career because it really did become about the impact and helping somebody is way more meaningful to me than making money. Like it just really changed it. So you've got to just put, put that focus on other people and really serving. I think that's okay. Yes, that is such a nugget of advice and, and such good. Yes, that is such good advice. Thank you for sharing. How did you, so when you were hiring your first people, and I, I believe Pauline was your first hire, what did that look like as you built out your team? I mean, this is one of the things I know as being an entrepreneur myself that I am just terrified of is making those first few hires and actually starting to delegate work. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody always says hire before you're ready. And, um, when I heard that in my early stages and when I didn't really have a budget, you know, I felt like I didn't have a budget and you're starting out. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hire when I can afford it. Looking back, I completely agree. Hire before you're ready. It's like, because it will free you up. Um, I there's, another book that I love is strengths finder. And it's also a test. So you take this quiz online. I think it's like a $39 quiz and it's an assessment of like your strengths. And 
in this book, it talks about how we should really do things that we're good at, not what we're bad at. And when we, sometimes when we're in a job and our boss is like, Hey, I now need you to do this, learn it, figure it out, or we'll get you training or something, but it's not your skill set, And you're not good at that. You are set up for failure. You're not, you might even be able to learn it and do a good job, but you hate doing it. So it's really important for us to do, you know, what we're good at. And if in order for me to do what I'm really good at, I need to hire help to do the stuff that I'm not really good at, because there's no way that you can grow a business, scale a business without support without a team. Like, I really feel like that, you know, people can be a speaker and an author, like a solopreneur. There are certain industries where you could totally do that, but often you, you, they still have somebody, maybe an admin or a VA that's helping them with some of the, those types of tasks. So, you know, thankfully what happened with me and hiring my first employee, Pauline was she, her and I were friends, um, kind of newer friends. We didn't know each other too well but she had a job and she needed to learn social media. And I have a social media company and I have social media training. So she's asking me some questions and I'm like, Hey, I'll just give you free access to my membership. Like you can learn stuff. And if you have questions, let me know. And so she started learning and going through it. And all of a sudden I realized, um, she was doing part-time work. So she had more time. And I was like, you're learning what I teach. And I could really use some help for some client work where you would manage some of our clients, but you're learning what I teach, like any interest, do you have time? Do you want to do this? And she's like, sure. Uh, and it thankfully just like the stars aligned with finding her because I didn't put out an ad. I didn't have to interview all these people. It was just kind of this, Hey, you've got some time and interest in this industry and you're learning. I need some help with some client work. We started off slower where it was like part-time contract. It took me a couple of years to have like an actual employee on payroll. And, um, I almost feel like looking, thinking back to my numbers, I'm, I'm celebrating my ninth year in business next month. You can see that next, we reach that next revenue level, um, kind of that tipping point to go to the next level. Once I had employees versus contractors, like it was more, um, secure, really more committed. And, uh, and, and look, I lucked out with Pauline. I feel like I hired my best friend and I fired my best friend and that was really hard. And thankfully we're still friends. We repaired the friendship, but there was moments there where we thought maybe we are not going to be friends anymore. I've hired family and that didn't work out. Um, so it's, it's just part of all of like growing the team. Sometimes it takes a few people to try them out, to see if this is a good fit. But one thing that's really helped us moving forward. And I did have, um, actually no, Pauline didn't do this. Everybody moving forward did though. I have this questionnaire that I have people fill out when they're applying for 
a job with crystal media. We also have them do the strengths finder tests that I was telling you about. Cause we want to know like of your strengths, is this going to be a role that you like and enjoy? Because I want people to enjoy their jobs. <laughs> like if you don't, you're going to leave, you know, and that is costly for me to train you and get you hired. And then you leave me and I have to find somebody else. So like I, we look at that. We look at strengths finder Colby test is what we do too. And then we have this questionnaire. And I developed the questionnaire from, um, an old employer of mine who used something similar and it asks these in-depth questions that people will often ask in an interview. Like if a customer calls unhappy, what would you do? And asking specific questions as it relates to that job title, but also questions like what is one of your favorite books and why tell me about a time where you were proud of yourself, like some of those more personal questions. And it's a questionnaire that they fill out on their own time because it gives you time and space to think about your answer where in an interview, there's a lot of pressure to answer right now. And you're like, you do the interview, you drive away and you're like, ah, I totally would have answered that question differently. Why did I say that dumb thing? Did that cost me the job? Like, you know, you have all that fear. So this gives somebody an opportunity to really put their best foot forward. You know, what does that look like? And then we still ask questions in the interview, but it's a collective approach to this person in their skill sets and, um, and behavioral leaf through these, uh, these quizzes that they take and their answers. And then ultimately, is it a good fit for our culture? Cause the last thing I'll say, Pauline developed this. Um, we would always sit around in one of the, the first office that we had was this really small old building in Oceanside, California. It was actually right on the one-on-one so we could see the ocean a little bit, but it was like a really old weird building. And we didn't have a lot of space in there. So our lunch table was in my office. So every day we ate lunch in my office and Pauline came up with, cause we needed to hire somebody. And she's like, we really need to hire somebody that we could see at the lunch table with us. And so that was like the ultimate, all these things that they have to pass. And the next, do we see them at the lunch table? And that's all about culture. Like, do they fit in with us? Cause I think that's so critical too. And again, helping keep people on your team as well. Cause you want it to, you know, fit, you want it to be a good fit for both parties. Absolutely. And so I've listened, <laughs> I keep going, going back to your podcast. And again, it's just because while it is business, you just, there's so much in it that is so relevant to everything. And going back to why you started this business. And really, if you could share that story, because it, I feel like it's so powerful on what your intentions were at the outset. For starting Crystal Uncorked? For starting Crystal Media. Crystal Media. Yeah, Yeah. Crystal Media. So Crystal Media, um, I feel like was, it was another moment of like, almost luck in a way. It wasn't really luck. I don't necessarily believe in luck, but, um, I was in this role at snap retail. I was in this company and cause I had my first company and they essentially bought out my first social media company. And I joined this business snap retail and, um, they had challenges raising money and had to lay off some people. And I was one of those people after a year and a half. 
And immediately I just jumped into action to start my business because a few months prior to this happening, I was just feeling like I really want to work for myself again. You know, like I loved having this team of people. We had a really special group of people we worked together with, but you know, it's just not the same as being an entrepreneur and calling the shots and having more flexibility. So, um, I had already kind of been working on some plans to start a business. And when that layoff happened, I, um, just went right into, okay, here we go. And I, I felt like I was pushed off the cliff because would I have, how soon would I have started the business? Right? Like I had this for a few months, really pulled to try to do it, but I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. And so I was pushed off the cliff and I'm so grateful for that because I have created this successful, great business. And Um, I still work with the same people at that company at snap retail. I was working with retailers, teaching mom and pop retail stores across the country, how to use social media. They didn't grow up with this technology. Um, it's intimidating. It changes all the time. And so I just stayed in the social media industry, you know, right? Like it could be such a pain. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel it. I, I know it's painful. Uh, even though I'm in it, I still get (laughs) mad at Facebook and Instagram and all the platforms. Um, but it's such a great marketing tool. So, you know, you've got, you have to leverage it and especially if you don't have a big box budget. So that's where like our small retailers can really leverage social to grow their business. And so I just kept doing what I was doing. I was teaching social media at snap retail. I just started crystal media. And I immediately started a membership website where retailers could log on and go to webinars with me and ask questions and get resources and, um, put my name out there for speaking gigs, you know, to my contacts that I built and slowly, but surely, you know, you do a gig and somebody's in the audience that is planning an event. So they ask you to do your, their gig and you kind of build that way. And then we have an agency aspect to the business. And that's where Pauline really came in. Cause I don't love doing the client work. Like, um, I really like more of the strategy and the teaching aspect. So, uh, Pauline was able to start that client agency and we've since developed that out now where we have several ads managers managing Facebook and Instagram ads. That way these retailers don't need to learn it. (laughs) I often say who, not how, you know, it doesn't always make sense for us to learn something and going back to it might not be our strength or our interest. So get somebody else to do that for you. And, um, that's an aspect of it. So we're just really helping these mom and pops show up and stay in business. And last year was really an interesting one with COVID and with shutdowns because all of a sudden our, our clients were forced to close and not see their customers. And a lot of them, because their mom and pop were not selling online. So they really had to jump into action. And thankfully for social media, a lot of these people didn't skip a beat. Some had their best year ever because they just started using social more to talk to their people and and sell. And so they just pivoted and adapted nicely. So that's what we, uh, that's what we do at Crystal Media. And then well, since you, since you brought it up, let's talk about your inspiration for Crystal and Cork as well. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny, Brandy, uh, last weekend we're moving. So I'm like going through all my stuff and I have several computers and I'm like, I need to get rid of some of these computers. Well, one of them had 
chai tea spilled all over it four years ago. And so it totally killed the computer, right? It was all gone. And there was a lot of stuff I didn't back up. I learned my lesson. Well, I still have the computer. I just need to like go donate it. You know, why well, open it up just to see what well, does it turn on? And sure enough, it does. It works. And I start going through my files and there's a video that says for personal blog one day. And I'm like for personal blog one day. So I click on that. This is from July, I think of 2017. And it's me at my kitchen table, no makeup, really real and raw. And I'm like, I just feel like I have to share this. I really am being pulled to do this blog. And I don't know what this looks like. I think it's going to have a video element. So it'll be like a vlog. And I'm just talking about what four years later happened to be crystal uncorked. Um, and so I just had this pull to do it and I didn't know why, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this, like these pulls to do something and you don't always know why, but you just listen and you follow your intuition. And, um, I finally launched it in March, which was the same as your podcast launch month. And I love doing the show so much. Like it's all I want to do now. I love talking to people and having conversations and it's all over wine. I love wine. You don't have to drink wine, but, um, it is recommended and it's so fun. So there is, you know, it ties in a little bit with crystal media, uh, because I can interview some of our retailers or our partners, um, there's an element where I don't know exactly where the show is going to go. And I'm just trusting that I'm giving it that time and that space it needs to percolate and just kind of figure out what this is going to become. Um, I really want it to grow into something special and, uh, and we'll see, but I'm just loving it. And I'm really glad I finally took the plunge. I, 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 I don't want to beat myself up though, for like, why did you wait so long? Because I do believe in divine timing. And I think I just needed to go through some stuff and kind of really figure things out and get more content that I can share on the blog now. And, um, and so it all is, it all works out for a reason, but I'm really loving the show. And of course I had you on and, uh, that was so fun. I get to meet people like you, which is great. So it's pretty cool. Yes. It's awesome. It's Yes, it's a great replacement. My uh, so my business attorney was doing a podcast for a while, and for some reason, you remind me of her, even though you guys are completely different. But she quit hers, and then I found yours, and it's just a really nice replacement for that. One. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Subbing me in. I'm in. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay, so we've covered quite a bit of content. We've talked about confidence and we've talked about time management in this broad view, like time blocking and time management. And then, um, yeah, also taken a couple of roads and talked about, yes, when you feel compelled to do something, just do it, just jump in and it's never too late. And I love that you've mentioned that a few times. It really is never too late. Oh, is there- true. Yes, it's so true. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about? You know, I, um, I will say, I'll just add on one thing about never being too late. I interviewed someone yesterday for crystal and corked and she was working these jobs and all of a sudden found herself like working for a paycheck and was really unhappy. 
And so she took her, um, her hobby of part-time picking, you know, antiquing and going to estate sales and turn that into a business at 54. She was grandma 54 readjusted and is now making the most money she ever has just three years later of following her, her, um, passion and, and believing in herself. And she talks about like, you're never too old. It does not matter if you do have this passion and you are pulled to do something. I, I feel it's so strong to listen to that. And I have a episode about believing in yourself and that's something that's kind of a nice full circle is that also ties into your confidence And because if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be hard for other people to believe in you. And so I was fortunate enough to have parents who really believed in me. And I've got amazing family and friends in my world that believe in me that helps me believe in me. But I also still have to like really believe that I can do this and be that person and have that self-love, which I think is so critical too. And so that's where that can really help you move forward in whatever that is that you're looking at doing at whatever age it is that you're, you know, that you are. So I guess I would just leave your listeners with believing in yourself, I think is so critical. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you so much for being on today. And would you share how people can find you? Yes. So I'd love for you to check out my podcast, Crystal Uncorked, where Chris, where I always say that where, but it's just me, um, Crystal Uncorked on Instagram and Facebook or crystaluncorked.com. If you know a retailer that needs social media help, then at Crystal Media Co or crystalmediaco.com is where you can learn more there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brandy. This was so great. Yes. Because it's October and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the next series will be around breast health. As part of that series, I was fortunate enough to interview two breast cancer survivors who took their diagnosis and turned it into something amazing. Both of these women are now helping other women and men also move through their diagnosis Um raising awareness around breast cancer and talking about what happens after you get out of treatment. So, and also as part of this series, uh, I've got a whole episode talking about why your breasts need iodine. So stay tuned for that one. Up next is a bonus kind of in between breaking up um, this wellness series and the start of that breast health series will be a bonus episode on natural deodorants. That one's actually posting a little bit early, um, so it won't be next Wednesday. It'll be posting or airing on Sunday instead. So be sure to tune into that one for to answer all of your questions about natural deodorants. Before you move into the rest of your day, would you take a quick second and leave a review on iTunes? These reviews help so much with expanding the podcast outreach, and they just give me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside that I'm actually helping somebody.
You would make my day if you took the time to do that. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, bye.